This week on the Top Roy Podcast, it's all about the classics from the 2011 World Cup. We discussed the group stage as Ireland beat Australia and shocked the rugby world. We also discussed Tonga beating France in one of the biggest World Cup upsets, as well as the knockouts as Wales went on a mad run in the semi-finals, where Sam Warburton's red card may have been the big moment in stopping Wales winning a World Cup. We also discussed New Zealand as they won the first World Cup on home soil since 1987. And just how good was that side? Tune in and enjoy. Hello and welcome back to Top Row Podcast. I'm pleased tonight. We've got the usual man, Zachary Hutchinson, back in the studio for more rugby classics. How are you in the song? Well, good to be good to be back, Telf. I'm excited to get into some 2011 this week, which should be good. Getting into our territory where we can remember multiple games, not just Ireland games. <laughs> so. Yeah, take me, take me back, 2011. What, 2011. What, what, well, for me... We were second year. So I was we going to say what your memories, but our memories um, together is we were discussing this World Cup as little secondary school kids, and we played a lot on Saturdays, and you were trying to channel... You were 13 in those days, and that was a very big surprise to a lot of the listeners. You are the 13 channel. You were... Well, who were I you? was. You were like, because Manny Tulangi, that was his breakthrough Definitely year. Yeah, yeah, I was just trying to channel, channel my inner Tulangi. No, I saw myself more as a Henry Slade, but Henry Slade wasn't really on the scene yet. So he was kind of part of that Exeter promotion group. But yeah, this was, um, this was a fun World Cup because at that point, I think for us anyway, like I know we were rugby mad as kids, but there's that element when you're playing week in, week out, for your school and we were doing okay i think just this world cup for me was definitely a lot more hyped i think it was definitely a lot more hyped it was the early mornings obviously it was in new zealand so you were you were waking up you're watching rugby it was great i do remember yeah, a lot of it was times fun. getting up early for it but kind of the first big game of that world cup obviously there was a lot of big games but as, as an as irish man obviously ireland beating australia in the first biggest World Cup win for Ireland, really, over was that the first proper win over a tier one side, really, like a challenger in a World Cup? Yeah, I mean, like looking back at our previous kind of World Cup previews that we've done, I would say that this is, I think, this was a massive moment for Ireland. You kind of felt I didn't actually watch the game, I was actually in the car, I was thinking I was like getting the score updates from the radio or something. I'm trying to remember. But I didn't actually watch it. I was heading down to a family event, kind of down in somewhere in NI. So I I don't really remember much, but I do remember the reaction and just that sense of kind of this moment of belief, this moment of hope, this moment of we might actually... At that point, you kind of had you secured top of the group, which meant that you're probably going to be playing wheels, um, which you would have fancied your chances with. But... Um, well, no, I'll get on to that one, but no, it was a proper, I mean, it was a proper, it was a proper test, test match. match. Yeah, yeah, it was. Went, even Saxon with a wee drop kick. Obviously, Stephen Ferris, you know, picking up Genia, just going for a wee run. Tommy Boat at the end, the intercept. James Very O'Connor bad. taking the, him out the in the Ferris, corner. Yeah, the Ferris pickup was iconic. That's still pretty iconic. Just a sheer, and then obviously, yeah, the Quaker broke the back. Who's still a boy for this World Cup? He is. It's interesting seeing the old people, old person, because we're now getting into territory where 
they're about. You know, Manny Tuolangi's about and, and a few others. So it's interesting kind of like seeing these guys were just kind of breaking on the scene. But no, um, it was a massive win because that was a good Australia side, you'd have to say. Well, we've discussed you know, Australia we, a lot. In we have, but like Australia would have gone into that World Cup as not as favourites, but they would have fancied their chances, you know, even taking Ireland in the group because that year Ireland weren't amazing. They'd won the slam in 09, but I mean, that 20, 2010, 2011, um, getting beat by... Oh, getting beat by flipping Scotland at Crook Park and stuff like that. Like, it was pretty brutal. But, so, but yeah, yeah no, it was a cracker. Sext- really that was kind of Sexton's, not coming of age, but... I would say it was Connor Murray's coming of age. Who was this boy coming off the bench for Peter Stringer? Because all we've ever known was Peter Stringer or maybe a wee bit of Thomas O'Leary or something like that. But then all of a sudden you've got this guy, Connor Murray, coming off the bench and... He had that try in the court, it was disallowed. Remember it being like a big shock? Oh, Conor Murray's in the World Cup squad, Bolter. And he was a proper school World Cup Bolter. And yeah, it was Sexton v O'Gara World Cup where they were kind of swapping jerseys for United and he never really had his 10. Um, I believe Sexton started started this one and then O'Gara came on and I think they played together to close out, which was kind of a I remember that moment where it's like, oh, oh, wait, they're playing together. And they did the big handshake yeah. and stuff. And then, yeah, O'Gara then got the jersey back for the Wales game. So, yeah, I don't know. Should they have just stuck with one this World Cup? Or was it genuinely you could call it? Because O'Gara's still a bit left in the legs at this stage. Um, Even though I think he was thinking about retiring. I would have. I would personally, I mean, like a hindsight's glorious thing. You would have stuck. I would probably would have stuck with O'Gara and Sexton as your impact ten, but yeah, it is what it is. Declan Kidney. No, it felt like not an easy win, but like they were always in front of Ireland and they did and totally yeah, they stayed in front. and it was a good convincing win. It was. Which which filled you with confidence as if okay, you know, we're probably gonna get wheels now, you you then you'd fancy your chances, but Well let's yeah. flip it. To another side who in the group got battered by New Zealand and then got lost to Tonga. So they lost two games in the group, France. I know. That World like, Cup. And they ended up, should have won it. Famously, they should have won it. I feel yeah. like every World Cup, there is a, you know, every World Cup, there's a there's an upset, a tier one upset. You know, 07, it was Fiji against Wales. 11, it was this one. You know, 15, it was Japan, South Africa. So I think it's crazy. Like I mean, I've got the pool stage. I've got the pool right up in front of me here. Like France went through on bonus points. Yeah, like that's crazy. Well, and then France Tonga, recovering. Tonga lost against Canada in one of the early games, which they probably yeah. should have won, and they could have sneaked through. But they lost by five good. points. If Tonga win, if Tonga beat Canada, <laughs> this World Cup would have been very different. Not only would it have been very different, but but obviously France are... went into that France went into that last game knowing they didn't really need to win. Yeah, and that was we'll also by the final play in that game where if France took the points, they had a losing bonus point. Instead, yeah. they went for a scrum and scored in the corner, which didn't change anything. But they just bought a try, plus on Clark in the corner. So now nah, that win, and it's such a shame Tonga haven't had something since that. And I'm. 
enjoying oh, the narrative of this Tonga yeah. side this time around. Like the Tonga team this time, Piatai and uh, you know, Hizzy Falai now playing for Tonga and you know It's definitely got that vibe of there's there's going to be a tier one upset again, no doubt about it. My money's um on Tonga beating Scotland, but we're getting into World Cup preview territory here. Tell no, us, like, stick on, stick the, on 2011. These, these players, like the 2019, um, the 2015, now the 2023 generation, will watch this game as inspiration. This is the biggest game in Tongan rugby ever, really. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And obviously, Samoa got through. Samoa have been in the knockouts in the early, st- in the early days. Fiji got through the knockouts. I'll leave it there, but no, that Tonga team was was a team that on their day were challenging and um they've had good players and they'll continue to good players this year. But next game then, if we kind of move away from the group stages into the knockouts, was when we talk about the French, literally the next game, they then beat England and were really, really good. That's on very good. They were very good. Morgan Parra running the show at 10. Yash Feely. Like, that was an iconic, iconic kind of duo there. I, I mean, it's crazy. Like, that England team was a good England team too. Well, they weren't that convincing in the group, but they got they topped the group. They got through. Yeah, they topped the two further. They should have, you know, topped the group with only Argentina and Scotland in there. But, you know, it was a good, it was a solid England team. You know, it was in the days of Foden at fullback. Mark Cueto was still on the wing. Wilkinson, Toby Flood, kind of that, the OG Ford and Farrell before Ford and Farrell sort of thing. You know, and um, yeah, but what's interesting here is that Wilkinson, all he did was got one conversion, didn't hit any pens. I feel like if, you, if you're following the kind of the, compar- the comparison, you know, you go back to 2007, the quarterfinal against Australia and Marseille. It was the Wilkinson quarterfinal. You know, he kicked a bunch of pens and um to basically get struggled this World pen. Cup. I don't think well, we famously have discussed this before in the pod. Toby Flub was the man going into this World Cup. Yeah. And yeah, they kind of they kind of pushed Wilkinson back quickly because of what he Toby Flood was good. He was good on Rugby World Cup twenty eleven, as in the Xbox game. <laughs> he was pretty decent. But yeah, Flood on form probably deserved the 10 jersey, but now that we've explored the last two World Cups, how on earth could you not have Wilkinson? Like, it was such a big yeah. dilemma. It was a bit like Sexton and O'Gara for Ireland. You yeah. Yeah, the, the up-and-coming, and then the, but what he'd done, and, yeah, then... and, he, and he, he struggled just, well, it's not all on him, but just to recreate that, and probably rugby moved on to more of a running game, that'd be fair enough, and the whole... Kicking for post, kicking for post, kicking for post, that type of era. Yeah, it was kind of getting rarer as such. And then, like, I'm looking at it here, of course, Australia beats South Africa 11-9 in the quarterfinal, classic. And Ireland, well, it all kind of capitulated. Just to talk about Scotland not getting out of the group. Uh, Yeah. Missing the drop, kicking for out the posts. That was that was very tough on Scotland to take. Like they were, they should have got through that group. They should have because it wasn't and the if best. You, if you look back, 
with another friend the pod Felipe Contepone on that charge down is very is up very <laughs> very quick maybe too quick so yeah ever so slightly reason, too quick maybe a reason that the the drop we went wide yeah again we talk about Argentina just slipping through again there they're guaranteed knockouts always Argentina but I know yeah France not. I remember Ben Foden that World Cup was good scored against France didn't they um and yeah, if England just that team. I know you liked it, but it was just a bit. I don't think Martin Johnson he struggled with that team just a bit in terms of. But there was a whole bit of the place. controversy with that kind of the what was tour of New Zealand. They all went. What was it, Sky or bungee jumping and stuff? I remember, and it was a it was bit two there different was... eras because you had that old school era, and then you had started the new the new era, and then there was obviously then. Yeah, the whole going out and during the World Cup doesn't really happen anymore, really, because of that World Cup. Yeah, true. I mean, in some ways, they kind of set the... They made the standards change. Basically, <laughs> can you was... imagine now, like, on Farline, seeing a video and stuff? Like, it's just uh, completely different. Yeah. But yeah, England out in the cores was, at that point, as we discussed the last few World Cups, that was huge. Like, that did that never happened. That was uncharted territory. And then yeah, big time. Ireland obviously got battered by Wales. Yeah, it was a Gats masterclass, like, let's be real. It was one of the, probably one of the first Gats masterclasses in the World Cup. And then he had a yeah. couple more up his sleeve to come, as we'll discuss in the pub. But obviously, 2007, Wales, nowhere to be seen. And, and also, then, yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, they're coming in and... Your team, it was kind of like it was almost like the Priestland World Cup, too. You kind of forget about that. Reese Priestland was kind of very much on the scene, yeah. Again, Penny, it's the same again, same thing again about the young 10 and the old 10. Steve Jones still knocking about, yeah. There was a way I remember in Rugby World Cup 2011, there was a way to make Wales 84 overall and not 83, and it involved playing Stephen Jones over Reese Priestland. I remember that. These are, these are the things you remember, tough. Yeah, I remember France Stain's boot on that game was a joke. <laughs> well, the, talk about France Stain, talk about Mornay Stain. Mornay Stain, so South Africa went out in the quarterfinals to Australia, but Mornay Stain was overall top points scorer with 62, and James O'Connor was next with 52. That's quite impressive. Well, a lot of the knockouts were low scoring, really. Just yeah, yeah, true, true, true. No, Ireland never got going in that quarterfinal. And no, they didn't. They kind of, you just like I remember watching it early morning and get, like family members came around for begging buddies or something. And I just, you just knew 10 minutes in, Ireland just weren't firing. And like, they just weren't, you just knew, you just knew you were going to get beat. They've probably played their, they played their quarterfinal card against Australia. And France classic, showed that World classic. Cup like, also get onto this World Cup down the line, but well, the thing is, right, is... quarter sem- quarter final, semi final, final, and Ireland really went after that group stage game against Australia, and Australia didn't top the group. Went went to semi final, so yeah, it shows just it shows the group doesn't really. And Wales, who was in Wales' group that World Cup? Um, so Africa and Wales group were they? Yeah, so Africa was in Wales's group. So Africa top. Wales the group, didn't even top. Wales didn't. Wales didn't top the group. France didn't top yeah. the group. 
Australia didn't. There was the three. There was three teams in the semi-finals that didn't top the group. It's interesting. Yeah, that, yeah, that is very well, interesting. A team that we haven't talked about yet, Telf, is a team that it was their home World Cup. Well, it was cruise control until semi when they played Australia. And looking back, we probably weren't as clued up on our Australia New Zealand. That was huge game in New Zealand. In New Zealand, Eden Park, classic. But, um, and then obviously they have the fly half nightmare going on at that time as well in terms of Dan Carter gets injured before. Um, DC, Colin Slade, and then they were on to Aaron Cruden. Another up and coming 10 that World Cup. That yeah, was yeah. Young and rosy. So it was, it was the World Cup for the young 10s. And yeah, and he, Perry was Weepy, he was kind of like running the show. We used to tickle the kicks, yeah. But no, I never felt New Zealand were in trouble at World Cup until squeaky time. Until the, yeah, they yeah. They were really good. I, they probably played their final in the semi final. I know. You, if you remember the Israel dag break and the offload back into Nono early on, like yeah, the six huge, minutes in, huge moments in that semi final to be like we're gonna win this World Cup and they comfortable enough. What was the final score there? Twenty to six. Yeah, so they cruised, the, and then in the other semi, we had the moment. Well, probably the Samuel. moment of the World Cup. Yeah, and the question is like. If Warburton doesn't do that, Wales World Cup final? That's crazy to think about. I know. I mean, the score was 9-8. He went and, off early too. And he went off early. Like, he went off in the first, like, 10 minutes, didn't he? It was something like that. I remember in those days, that was kind of debatable. Yeah, <laughs> like, nowadays it would be red, but... I think, like, watching the highlights, watching back the highlights, the commentators were, like, shocked. They assumed it was a yellow. And then the TV screen cut to Sam Warburton red-carded on the bench. <laughs> they were all, like, kind of meltdown mode. They didn't realise that he'd been sent off. And a moment that really probably doesn't get as much airtime because it's known for Sam Warburton is Lee Halfpenny mm. coming really, really short, like, so close on a penalty late on. Oof, like that, if that crept over, we're talking a World Cup final. Over, you're looking, I know, which is mad to think about it. And do you think Wales, do you think whoever New Zealand got in that final, it was squeaky because it was in New Zealand? I think it's that thing of at that point, New Zealand hadn't won a World Cup since 87. And it was back in New Zealand for the first time since 87. You know, and especially France, after if you the... remember, France were basically coaching themselves at that point. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> you kind of forget so about that. He had Gats in there. Yeah, like, especially you imagine Gatlin against trying to stop New Zealand winning the World Cup at Eden Park. Attack. I think he does. That would have been. I think that would have been such a great, just like what a story that could have been. What an does he do it? No, he doesn't. I don't think any team would have beaten New Zealand in we, that final. We need to start looking at World Cups and then, like, so obviously we, we've already said Australia went 2007 if more luck. We need yeah. to keep picking out the small moments and then... Well, the small, well, well, the moment is it's Sam Warburton. Warburton doesn't get sent off. The way Wales were playing, I felt like Wales, they didn't peak against Ireland either. Well, from, like, memory anyway. Like, you kind of felt like 
you know, they they could have, they could have went on to do more, and I suppose they did. It was just at that the end of the day, they lost too. by a point. It was it was a yeah. good team. You had James Hook, Mike Phillips in there, half penny kind of coming of age, Jonathan Davis, and I guess, I like the Cup, a lot of our in our era, the kind of stars were born at this World Cup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Your Murray's, your half pennies, your Sextons, who obviously were all in starring in 2013 Lions Tour. But yeah, the final sub sack again, Terry Dussois. He had the final the, the arrowhead. Remember the arrowhead? The star, which we recreated later, <laughs> later down the line. What game was that again? I think that was training, and we just thought we were funny, like, but. I was training. That's what it was. That was funny. That's what you do in your junior school. You know what I mean? You just like I was actually looking. Well, it was on the um, it was on Twitter today, and a bunch of people after the Stuart Broad heroics at the weekend. I know it's cricket, but um, after changing the bales and getting a wicket, he said that every other ball, the wee boys were just changing the bales. We just copy our sports heroes. Yeah, that's just what we do. Yeah, and New Zealand started fantastic, and then. Yep. Well, at this point, they had to bring in Stephen Donald. And Stephen Donald came back. And then, it's fair, we have been a bit harsh on the All Blacks when you think about the situation they were put in, the adversity, and that they did keep going. Because fourth choice well, 10... Stephen, and, yeah, he was what? He was like white, white water rafting or something. They couldn't contact him or something like that. Yeah, and then it was only a couple of... Didn't even fit in his jersey. Yeah, back only like in 2010, he was kind of hung out to dry against the... In the loss to Australia, where it may be a bit unfairly treated. So he had the talent, like he was an all black. He wasn't like a mm. uh, pulled in a ringer here. Like he was a good player that was very good pushed player. aside. And now he had the moment, probably the most iconic individual World Cup final moment mm. story. Yeah. Steve Donald. Yeah, I would say definitely. I think it's up there. I can't think of anything. Any other the one? final itself wasn't over. It was. I mean, it was, was eight proper, seven. Proper, just yeah, proper test match. You know, so much on the line. Neither team want to meant one to make a mistake. Fran Duke had a late kick, not late enough. Should have put it over from correct. I'm a correct Zach. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Fran Duke. So like, yeah, France had chances and yeah, yeah they were on the France line right at the very end, and then just. Yeah. Could you imagine if they won at Eden Park too? I think they're the only team that could have done it from history, really, because aren't they the last team to win at Eden Park? Full circle. Yeah, they were. Yep, you're right. It's good knowledge. But no, where do we rank this World Cup then? Uh, is it better than 2007? I don't think so in terms of... I don't think so either. Like, it was an alright I had the stories maybe that 07 lacked. Yeah, I think if Wales got to the final, it could have been interesting. That might have changed it, but Sam Warburton just got too excited. But um, no, I think it's not as good as 07. Better than 03. I mean, every Englishman is going to disagree with that, but... Yeah, I'd say the knockouts were... Well, rugby at this stage was getting more competitive. Northern Hemisphere teams were mixing it a bit more. Yeah, true, true, true. I mean, yeah, Wales and France both in the semi-finals but I mean we've got 2015 to come tell and that is when things get exciting yeah but no I enjoyed that World Cup 
first proper one I remember well and yeah Stephen Donald's story was great way to win it but it just it just feels like I've, if you watch it back if anyone wants to watch the full game back on YouTube and France really left it out there yeah and they I did. just wonder if they had proper coaching set up and weren't just doing it all themselves at this point what would have happened but then we're back to what would happen if Sam Warburton gets off it was the it was the World Cup World Cup of it if buts and maybes is the way we're going to finish on that mm. one but well said, Tough. Overall, New Zealand deserved that World Cup from how they played from the yeah. start to the end. They 100%. only looked, they only looked nervy in the in the final. It's a World Cup final in your home stadium. I think that I think we can give them a free pass on that one. Yeah, no, I agree, Tough. It was a World Cup of it, spots and maybes. Yeah, but no, cheers, Zach, and catch you next time for twenty fifteen. Thank you, Tough. To anyone that's made this far in the podcast, follow, follow us on all our platforms Spotify at Top Rate Podcast, Twitter at Retail, Instagram Top Rate Podcast, even on TikTok nowadays, we're everywhere at Retail for Rugby. So please follow us everywhere and we'll catch you next week. Bye.